Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Kyla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get in the Word, Layla, can you please open us up in prayer? Yes. Thank you. Lord, I just invite your Holy Spirit into our midst to work and move with us as you will, Lord, and to touch us each in a special and unique way, Lord, and disclose yourself to us, Lord, and just show us who you are, Lord, and how you want us to live for you, Lord, and make known to us the things that you've got planned for us, Lord. And I ask that you'll keep our feet from stumbling, Lord, and let our eyes be on you, Lord, and not let our hearts be discouraged, Lord, that we just keep running after you, Lord, and we accomplish all that you send us out to do, Lord. And so I just thank you for today and for another chance to be gathered together with family and friends to discuss your word, Lord, and learn more about you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Layla. Absolutely. Thank you. And welcome, everyone. Welcome back, Dean. Mm-hmm. Pleasure to have you with us. We are blessed mm-hmm. immensely. And uh, I look forward to our continued discussion today and hearing what the Holy Spirit is ministering to you. So, Amen. Um, right. That's a blessing. He sure Amen. is. So for all the listeners, we're continuing our study in Daniel. We're in chapter 9. And uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to yesterday's discussion podcast, um, I recommend you go listen to it. And if you did get a chance to listen to it, we are going to cover, and then by cover I mean read, the same scriptures. We're verses 1 through 19. Because there is so much in there, and also because um, uh, I'm being led, and I feel all of us are being led to continue our discussion mm-hmm. and to to reveal the things that the Holy Spirit wants to say in and through us in this ministry and how it applies to our lives. So um, so for those that are, you know, uh, just tuning in, we are going over Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 through 19, again, full in their entirety. Uh, now, also, the nature of the discussion and what the Holy Spirit wants to minister, I'm sure will will continue and progress. It's not going to be the same as yesterday, but it will cover the same verses. Just so everybody's aware and prepared. All right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, can I get a volunteer to read verses 1 through 19? I will. All right, LaCharles. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Then I set my face towards the Lord God to make, re- to make requests by prayer and supplications. With fasting, sackcloth, and ashes, and I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled 
even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servant, the servants, the prophet, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. <clears throat> o Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us, shame of face, as it is this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those near and those far, often, often all the countries of which you have driven them, because of the unfaithfulness which you have committed, which they have committed against you. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face, to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law and has departed so as not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, has been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. And he has confirmed, confirmed his words, which he has spoken against us and against our judges who judged us. By bringing upon us a great disaster. For under the whole heaven such has never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us. Yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore the Lord has kept the disaster in mind and it brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works which he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord our God, we brought, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made yourself a name, as it is this day, we have sinned and we have done wickedly. O God, according to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our father. Jerusalem and your people are reproached to all those around us. Now therefore, our God, hear the prayers of your servant and his supplications, and for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. O oh my God, incline your ear and hear, open your eyes and see our desolation in the name which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of our great because of your great mercies. O oh Lord, hear, O oh Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. I think we missed a couple words up there in the city, which is called by your name. Oh, sorry. That's okay, sweetie. We got it. That's all right. God is good. Amen. So, as we begin to discuss this, um, so the Holy Spirit lead us, as always everything, and share what the Holy Spirit has revealed to you, and if there are any questions, please ask. That's how we learn, that's how we grow together, all right? Who wants to begin? I will. Go for it, sir. The Lord showed that when Daniel was praying that he wasn't just doing a... Slap the prayer on the ground kind of job, but he was making sure he thoroughly listed out everything that he knew was wrong. Hmm. So he did a quality job. 
Yes. There was a genuine prayer that and repentance that he offered to the Lord, not something haphazard to just check the box and say, I did it. Is that right, promise? Yes. Okay. I'm not sure what the slap the table was. I never heard that <laughs> he term. Slap it on the ground. A slap on the ground, yes. I've heard a slap the table and call it call it done, right? Like the judge with the gavel. Well, I, I was thinking more like, you know, you see people um you know do the mic drop. Like, look, yes. I got I got okay. the word, I dropped the mic and look at how awesome my word was and it was all about me and and that that's clearly not where Daniel's heart was at all. Mm-hmm. I like it. That makes more sense. It's good. <clears throat> I was tracking with you. <laughs> I was getting there. I was getting there. Okay. That's that's why we we are blessed with brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, mm-hmm. Help steer us in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Now, Charles, you were going to share something. Um, I found it interesting that inside of here, overall, Daniel has been on point, but there's some points where he's misguided because he thinks that this is a disaster brought upon all the children of Israel. Why it was originally a punishment of sin, but they are actually getting blessed by this encounter with the Babylonians. It's not just evil that's coming out of it, like when they're captured to the Philistines or people and judges where all their fields were burned when it was time to harvest. They're actually getting blessed by it. Mm -hmm. And you would think that most kings would put their own subjects or Chaldeans, I'd say, as their leader, but it was actually the people from Jerusalem. It was Daniel. Well, there's there's two perspectives on that, Mm -hmm. right? Because from... The fleshly, natural perspective, it is disaster, is it not? Yes. I mean, they had their own kingdom, their own mm-hmm. king. They were in their own land and their own nation in Israel and in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And that was taken away. So on the one hand, that is disaster. Yes. When you had a certain things, a certain, we'll put it in national terms, a certain lifestyle, a certain creature comforts, if you will, that, right? Yes. Uh, your own home, your own shelter, your right, whatever it is, and all of a sudden that's taken away from you. Mm-hmm. the The flesh would say that that is disaster. Now the other side of that is, as you pointed out, they are being blessed. Why? Because yes, what you're saying is right. That it doesn't make any sense. A foreign king or ruler should, by for all intents and purposes, put his own people from his own nation, his own tribe, his own whatever it is, right? Yes. In charge. That would be wise. As these are people that you potentially should be able to trust, right? High yes. probability of trust as opposed to captives, right? Yes. And again, in the natural. But the real why, and we read this yesterday, it's in Jeremiah, right? The Lord spoke and said, hey, I'm going to bless you. And this was even after he says in, in, I believe it's in Jeremiah 25, but then also even after he addresses the children of Israel, uh, I want to say it's in 25, 26 of Jeremiah. And even after he addresses Hananiah, the prophet, hey, these things are going to happen, right? And, And yes, the punishment is greater. It was taken from a yoke of wood to a yoke of iron, but he even says in there, hey, I'm going to bless you. I have, I know the plans I have for you, right? That's in Jeremiah 29. I know the plans I have for you, to bless you and to prosper you. And, and so there is that aspect, even though, yes, they're in captivity. 
So the Lord is showing his faithfulness. And, and I think that's really the theme throughout this, this whole section of Scripture. Um, and if you look at Daniel's prayer, he repeatedly and rightly acknowledges God's nature, his character, and attributes of the Lord. Um, you see it in verse 4. He's a great, O Lord, a great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and those who keep his commandments. In verse 7, O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us, shame. Right. So putting things in the right place, in the right perspective. Right? Um, you draw near to those who are far off in all the countries you have driven them. Why? Because of their unfaithfulness, which they committed against you. That is the Lord. Right? And then again, verse 8, shame belongs on our face. We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord. And verse 11, all Israel has transgressed your law and not obeyed your voice and followed the, oh wait, yeah, therefore the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, servant of God, have been poured out on us because we sinned against him. And in verse 12, he confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our judges who judged us by bringing upon them great disaster. So, as we look at those words, right, even the, the ones in the law of Moses, there's really two parts. There's Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28. And in there, the Lord instructs, it teaches Moses, who then taught all of Israel, hey, these are the good things that happen when you follow the Lord. And it doesn't take a whole lot of verses. In the long version, which is Deuteronomy 28, there's about 14 verses. And the short version is everything you touch will prosper for those that, that love and are adhering to the Lord, abiding in Him. That's the paraphrase version. And then the other 50, whatever it is, verses, describe the penalties of sin and the consequences of the sin nature. And it's complicated because sin's complicated. But the Lord still instructs it. And the same, the same thing was given in Leviticus, chapter 26. A few less verses, but the, the concept, the principle, the, at the core, it's the exact same thing. And Jeremiah here is acknowledging, hey, the Lord's faithful to do everything he said he was going to do. Right? First Thessalonians 5.24 The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. And you see even throughout the entirety of this prayer, because in verse 13 he acknowledges again, you know, what's written in the law of Moses. And because of our actions, oh, all the disasters come upon us. And we didn't make our prayer to the Lord God that we might turn from the iniquities, repent, and come back to him. Right? But even in, in this, this prayer, he's acknowledge, rightly acknowledging God's character, his nature, his attributes, and then also building himself up and acknowledging all these things the Lord has done throughout history. Right? He says, you delivered us from, from Egypt. You brought us up out of here. 
right? And, and again, this is as he's coming and reading Jeremiah, which already states the promise. Hey, this is for 70 years. And after this, you're going to seek my face. You're going to turn and acknowledge me as God. And it's the paraphrased version, of course. But he says you're going to do this. And just like we saw with Nebuchadnezzar with seven years. All of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar, after being turned into this beast-like figure, looks up to the God of heaven, to the Lord, and rightly acknowledges who he is. And then he's restored. Almost as a type and shadow, if you will, of what the Lord was intending to do with Israel and the children of Israel. But in all this, Daniel is acknowledging the Lord's faithfulness. that He will do all that he said he will do. So we can learn from this and should be able to put our hope, faith, trust, every, every ounce of our being in the Lord's hands and know that he has it, regardless of what it looks like. I think that's the, the greater message for all of us. Any questions or anything anyone else wants to share? Well, I, I, I want to jump into part of what you were saying, Charles, as far as the blessings that they were receiving. And I think that's where uh, the enemy, uh, even though we talk about it, doesn't change his tactics. There is a tactic there that Daniel immediately fought against, and that was he didn't want to be integrated into the culture. Right? They wanted a diff- different food. And so I think the the – the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, whatever, were, were very adept at understanding that, that they learned quickly it was much easier to subdue the people that they held captive by integrating them into their culture. And they were less likely to try to escape, less likely to uh, fight against it because they became part of that culture. And um, it was actually a means of subduing them. It wasn't a means of blessing them. And so we have to be careful as we understand that the enemy does that with us, is that, mm-hmm. that the enemy um, wants us to step into the world's culture just a little bit, just a little bit, and it makes it easier to wade into the water. Um, what does it say? You, you know, um, a, a frog gets cooked in a squat, right? If you put a frog in a pot of water at room temperature and you slowly turn up the heat just a degree or two at a time, mm-hmm. he'll stay in the pot and never quite jump out. He's ready to jump out. He never quite jumps out because it never quite gets hot enough until it's too late that he realizes that it's gotten too hot in the pot of water for him. And so um, the, the, the Chaldeans by no means intended blessing upon this. It was, a, it was a strategy that they used to make sure that they could hold people captive. And at the same time, the, the benefit to them was they extracted all the best from them Absolutely. in doing that because they became willing participants and the advancement of the culture that they were involved in at that point, instead of remembering that they need to hold themselves separate and apart to the things that God has told them, which only deepened their sin, which led to God moving forward with bringing forth that judgment. Absolutely. And then there you also see the pattern, right? Because I'll look at the things that Daniel keeps bringing up. There are t- uh, and acknowledges the Lord brought them out of captivity, out of the land of Egypt. They were in captive prior to this. And as you brought up, Dean, many, you see this throughout history, many cultures that took someone captive incorporated 
their captives into their culture. They ingrained, indoctrinated, whatever way you want to phrase it, right? And yes, in doing so, they became part of the culture. And then what happened to the society or the culture of the people that were captured? They all but ceased to exist. However, not so with Israel. Throughout history, the entirety of the word, you see the Lord delivers them. He brings them out of their captivity and restores them when they seek the Lord with their whole heart. When they humble themselves, they, they turn from their ways, they seek the Lord's face, they repent and seek the Lord's face. And then the Lord brings healing and restoration and wipes out all their sin and iniquity. So it's important for us to to get this, to understand this. And if that's something people are experiencing, you know, only the Lord can bring you out. And then after he brings you out, it's a very simple process. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he, the devil, will flee from you. And also in that guarding ourselves, understanding, and this is not of the Lord. Lord, I, I submit this to you, and I submit to you. I remain, I, I continue to be your bondservant. I submit to your Lordship as the Lord and Savior of my life. You're my God, and I am your, your servant, your people. And you see that that is exactly what Daniel here in this this prayer and intercession. He's doing it first for himself, but then also on behalf of all the people. It's important. It matters. It matters to the Lord. And it also matters to us even today. What else does anyone have to share? I want to put Kamisha on the spot to talk about chat, um, verse 12 and faithfulness. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Sounds great. Um, I think prior to the, the podcast today, we were talking about God confirming um God confirming his word in, in verse 12. And it, this, this verse has stood out to me, and I've been mentioning it a couple times. So Dean finally said, well, what, <laughs> what is it to you? What is God saying? Um, so thank you for that, Dean. I mean, I'm not being sarcastic <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'm sincere in that. No, um, we can have fun discussing the word. Like That's, mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. And so I, I appreciate it. Well, and I'll make sure our listeners know as well, too, because we have a history. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah. I know from my relationship with you that when God puts something in front of you, there's a reason for it. And I know that I'm blessed if I shut up and listen to what you have to say. And so um, I'm just encouraging you to bring it about because I want the blessing from what will come from that. Oh, well, thank you. That's all the Lord. Cause... Amen. Amen. I'm, amen. But, but still, I've. I've just because of our relationship, I just know that's typically what happens that 
God is showing you something and that I will benefit from him showing that. So, Well, thank you. Um, you know, God is, uh, we mentioned, I believe it was in yesterday's podcast about, or maybe it was the day before that, Daniel, when it came time to him re- to receive from God concerning the vision that he had, the interpretation, he had to depend on God's faithfulness. Um, it, the vision did not make him feel pleasant. It was disturbing to him, but he still had to stand and wait and be patient to hear what God had to say to him. And in that, his faith was enacted. It had to be active, and he had to believe that God would continue to do the things that God has always done in his personal life. But when we zoom out and we think of God in his eternal capacity and his majesty and all of who he is, God hasn't, there is an eternal faithfulness that God has that says he's going to do the things that he's already spoken and swore by his himself that he's already covenanted with himself to do that he's going to bring about and, and cause them to come to pass. So, you know, we've been talking about the, the timeline that God is working and he's been doing this since Lucifer got kicked out of heaven and he created the heavens and the earth and something happened. And then the earth was without form and void. So there's this, this destiny that is sprawled out before of all of us, all of creation is watching this timeline, watching these activities happen. And while God is, he's intricately and deeply involved with the life of the believer, he is still working his majestic and eternal plan. He's still causing all those things to come about. So I just, I feel like Daniel got a glimpse of all of that in the, the, the span and the breadth and the scope of all of this that, wait, God, you're still so much bigger than what I thought. Um, and there is no limit to f- what God has to offer us and what he's working on. He's always doing, he's always working and doing what he said that he would do. You had some kind of um, like you were saying about verse 12, I know it says, Dan was talking specifically about the Lord bringing about what he said concerning a disaster, mm-hmm. but it applies to every aspect of our life. Like if the Lord spoke a word to you concerning you in your future, to hang on to that word. And um, I know that you mentioned to me, Mommy, that there's been instances you're like, Kyle, stop being dumb. Like, you're just being dumb. And <laughs> the Lord was like, no, don't say that. Don't speak against what the Lord had already said he would, what the Lord's word was. And But it's also, I, in the process, I was learning that, okay, God, if you said this about me and this is what you have for me, to believe God concerning that and to hang on to that and to put my faith and work into the test by believing that. And especially when I don't feel like it, stand in front of the mirror. God called you an engineer. I'm an engineer. Mm-hmm. And he didn't just call me to be a sucky engineer. He called me to be the best. Mm-hmm. And that he wouldn't put me in a place where I'd be harmful and detrimental to people's lives, but I'd be there to rescue them and to save them and provide a safe structure. Because God Amen. provides safe structures. Amen. But even still, when God gives you a word concerning it, to stand on that word and declare God faithful, even when it seems like it's a trying time or you're like, ah, I don't know, God. 
that he'll still bring it to pass. It's not because of you. He'll still bring it to pass. Mm-hmm. And even in the midst of things like trials or disasters, there's still a restoration process that comes at the end of it. Mm-hmm. At the end of this, God mm-hmm. is restoring what he promised, and he's bringing Israel out of this after their 70-year trial. Mm-hmm. He's bringing them out with riches and restoring them more than what they had when they went in. Yes, he does lead them out well cared for. Um, thank you. I, I'm, amen, Kyla. Um, in, even in verse 12, it says, He has confirmed his word, which he spoke against us and mm-hmm. against our judges who judge us. So even, you know, it's easy. We love to hear the, the rah, rah, rah. You know what I mean? I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to lift you up. But when we hear the, the not-so-pleasant things, he is even when he tells you, he tells you. Yes. And he, you know, when people are looking to go, well, we don't know if that's from the Lord or not. We don't know if God's going to follow through or, you know, you know, questioning and doubting God if it was going to come to pass. Daniel even had to come into alignment with that. Like, okay, God, you said it and you made it good. You meant what you said when you told us to honor you. You meant what you said when you told us to bless your name. Mm-hmm. You meant what you said when you told us these would be the consequences for not doing that of our actions if we chose not to and just seeing that god knows everything like it, you can see it in a straight line and go okay yep god knows good and we love to i love to hear that i'm, I'm myself is the number one i appreciate hearing god say good things to me amen and when he says the other side of it don't do this because that also has a place, and he is faithful even there. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. We, we serve a God who, like you said, Kyle, is a God of restoration. He is the God of all comfort, and he is a God of truth. Let that sink into your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. Get down in your heart. He is a God of truth, not of pleasantries, not of niceties, but absolute truth. Mm-hmm. No, I, was just going to, I was just thinking as you were saying that, that, you know, it's... Sometimes what we want from God um, is for him to violate some of his attributes, right? Because we don't want him to be faithful when he says he's bringing upon us what he said he was going to do. But in order for him to not do that, he would have to violate being righteous because it says he was righteous to do that. So um, God's attributes don't change. And so his faithfulness does have a pleasant side. But it also has the other side of that, that he's faithful to let us experience what we've chosen to experience. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that's the only way we learn. And if we made that choice in his righteousness, um, he's going to let us experience that. Sometimes in his grace and his mercy, he takes that away. But that doesn't violate who he is. He can't violate his attributes. He can't violate who he is. That's right. That's right. And he provided the law and the, the attribute within himself of mercy that supersedes um, penalty at times. So, for Grace, example, absolutely. if we we have heaped up sin and we bring it back, mm-hmm. we, we bring it under the blood of Jesus Christ and we, we repent, then his grace and his mercy comes in and shields us from from the due, you know, what's justly due, those actions. He, he can shield us. And, for example, case in point, we don't go to hell when we come up under the blood of Jesus Christ and we accept him as Lord and Savior. By all rights, we deserve and we have earned hell just by the basic sin nature. 
you are rightly due going to hell, but it's the grace and mercy of God through Jesus Christ, believing in Jesus Christ that saves us from that. So he knows how to rightly apply his word, but you can't violate God's word. You can't say, I have unrepented sin or God, you know, come against something you've already set and ordained and expect that to work or to be a blessing in your particular life or anybody else's because it just doesn't work that way. Then you are a manipulator. You're twisting in a liar. And we know that God is not a part of those things. Oh, and like you and Mr. Dean were saying, you can't ask God to, if the Lord said, no, because you did this, this is going to be the consequence. You better just say, okay, God, I'm sorry. I'll take the consequences. But And also, it reminded me of the scripture that says, you ask amiss so you may spend it on your pleasures. Mm-hmm. And the Lord mm-hmm. won't violate his word, and he's not going to violate anybody else for you as, at that. So He's a good God. And he's faithful to everybody. He loves everybody, not just one person more than the other. <laughs> Amen. Loves everybody equally. Exactly. And mm-hmm. as we also have pointed out, that the Lord upholds his word above his very name. Mm-hmm. And we've also pointed out, it's to his name that every knee shall bow. We talk about the Lord's faithfulness. He's faithful mm-hmm. to uphold his word. He, he even and he tells us in multiple times and in multiple ways. He also says... Not one stroke of the law, of his word, one jot or one tittle will be missed. Everything he has spoken, or he said, has been written down, will come to pass. How many times and how many ways does he have to tell us? He is faithful. And then, even in this, Daniel is praying and, and recounting all the times and ways the Lord has been faithful even when it appears in the flesh that it is, it is to harm us. But it's not. The Lord is always there. There is a testing. There is a refining. There is a, right, as we were talking yesterday, Paul says, I'll turn this one's over to the, to the devil so their soul can be redeemed. Ultimately, it's for our good. It's to have us, yes, experience discomfort so that we understand the goodness of the Lord and are drawn back to him to repentance. Right? Which that's what you're seeing here, especially at the end of this prayer. And to confer in scripture in so many places. Um, Isaiah 48, um, I'll say 10 and 11. See, see, I've refined you. And this is talking about Israel's stubbornness. I've refined you, but not as silver. I've tested you in the furnace of affliction. And then why? For my own name's sake, my very own sake, I will act. For how can I let myself be defamed? I will not yield my glory to another. And the, the Lord says this in countless times and in countless ways. Um, and Samuel, indeed, for the sake of his great name, the Lord will not abandon his people, because he was pleased to make you his own. Uh, and, and in Psalms, it's acknowledged, right? For the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, for it's great. And again, and that's in Psalm 25. In Psalm 115, 1, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your loving devotions, because of your faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah acknowledges the same thing. Although our iniquities testify against us, O Lord, act for the sake of your name. Indeed, our rebellions are many. We have sinned against you. And Ezekiel says the same thing. Like I said, it's 
countless times throughout Scripture that these, I'll say, great leaders of faith or heroes of faith, if you will, that, that purposed in their heart and you can look at lived a life of seeking the Lord and wanting to be pleasing to Him, come to the same place as Daniel did, acknowledging the sin, first in their own lives, then also for the people, and seek the Lord, trusting in Him, in His goodness, in His mercy, in His compassion, and rightly attributing those his nature, his attributes, his characteristics, and especially his faithfulness. Let's let's jump back on that faithfulness for just a second, and and, Please, and yes. let's just take a step back, at least conceptually for me. And this may be something for others to consider. <clears throat> when I see um, this verse twelve that we're talking about, and we're talking about God's faithfulness, and we're talking about His righteousness. And we're talking about his attributes and not being able to violate them. But yet we see mercy and grace come in as if to supersede those. Um, Again, for me in consideration, the mercy and the grace truly don't supersede the faithfulness and the righteousness. What they do is they... Put God in a place where he demonstrates his love for me mm-hmm. by imputing that to someone else. And in, in our case, it's Christ. And so, it again, this is how I process it, but it's, it, it's, that, it's that part where we have to consider that yet we've crucified Christ all over again because he's had to pay for our sin again, right? Although he already paid for it all once and for all. When we move forward in sinful behavior, whatever that is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now God has to extend his mercy and righteousness again, although this was already done. It's already already been done. Absolutely. But we should be thinking about the weight of that in that Mm -hmm. manner that we are. Mm -hmm. We we were relieved of it. Mm -hmm. But the penalty still had to be paid. His righteous judgment had to be placed upon something. The cost Mm -hmm. for what I did. To redeem us. Or what we did, or Mm -hmm. what our nation did, or whatever it is isn't erased it's imputed to someone else now god in his mercy and wisdom and all that he does it he did that into the future and mm-hmm. even before we were created christ died for us and for our sins mm-hmm. but we still should consider the magnitude and the weight in which it is and how we live our lives and how that looks and not consider that it just undoes his faithfulness and righteous because he's got mercy and that's mm-hmm. all great Right. That's that's not right. that's no, not absolutely. how we should handle that. Absolutely. That's not handling the word rightly. Absolutely. So it's like gravity. We know there's a law of gravity. It keeps us grounded to the earth. We're not flying away. It helps us digest. It, you know, has a whole purpose. But the law of lift and thrust helps us to ride over that. So the law of God's grace and his mercy rides over the law of sin and death. Not as faithfulness, but God is the one who set the spiritual parameters. The penalty for sin is, in fact, death. God is the rule maker. He's mm-hmm. the lawmaker. So, no, he never wants to violate himself. But like you said, in order for him not to have to judge us and send us to hell, he had to place his grace in between there and allow mm-hmm. Jesus to be the payment, the one who receives the the just due. He took death for us. He took the stripes on his back. He took all of the penalty for sin 
And because he was, in fact, blameless, he was raised from the dead. And now his blood is on the mercy seat for us. So, no, God is not violating himself. And I, I'm sorry, I didn't make that clear. I was talking about the law of sin and death. His, his grace supersedes that when we apply it correctly. It's able to raise us up above it, much like why we can fly airplanes today versus gravity. Um, but thank you for clarifying that, Dean. I appreciate it. Well, I, I wasn't it. trying to clarify. I was just processing oh. it myself. In oh, okay. How I, how I need to approach Absolutely. that. And, and that, um, if I'm honest, I can be cavalier with mercy and grace, mm-hmm. right? Oh, okay. That, I mean, I, I'm sure that others feel the same way. So, oh, it's okay. God will forgive me. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm the only one that's ever had that thought process in my mind. Oh, you're no, not. No. And I know that I have willfully in, entertained and entered into sin mm. knowing that. Mm-hmm. But yet, there there is a cost for that. Absolutely. And albeit already paid, um, there still is a cost for that. And, and, God, and, and I was just connecting that back to... That's because God's not going to violate it. And, that, and that's where that faithfulness comes in, which is here's the part we don't like, right? Here's a verse we don't like. Here's the penalty coming upon us we don't like. But we like the fact that God is righteous and faithful. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and this demonstrates his faithfulness for us. So in we can celebrate and say, praise God for your faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Praise God for your righteousness that, that leads you to not violate who you are, that we can trust in you being the same today and forever, Right? Mm-hmm. Amen, amen for his faithfulness. Hallelujah. If we don't like it, amen for his faithfulness. That's right. De- depending on what side you find yourself, right? It's still amen. You might mm-hmm. be saying amen versus amen. <laughs> <laughs> but it is still amen nonetheless. Did you have something you wanted to share, honey? No, I mean, as I, you know, as we were discussing, I just keep thinking about Ephesians 2 8, right? Which uh, the Apostle Paul talks and is writing and says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Right? And I'll just mm-hmm. stop there. But it's because of his love that he gives us grace that we access through faith or trust in the Lord. It's also his nature, his character. It's an attribute of him. Right, but that's why we have, and we can receive what He has for us to receive. We have, we can access the grace through faith. That's the only way to to approach Him through Christ and believing, which is faith. So, you know, as we look at that in light of all this, everything that we're reading in Daniel. Yes, the Lord's faithful. He'll do everything he said he can do. And he will deliver us also. We don't have to remain in in these horrible situations and positions. But it is it does come down to turning to the Lord, humbling ourselves, not trying to sit in his place, but allowing him to sit in his rightful place, which is what you see in Daniel's prayers constant, is putting the Lord in his rightful place. And putting us in our rightful place, which is submitting to him and his lordship as the Lord and Savior of our lives, as God, we being his people, and just moving forward in that, in his love, his grace, his mercy, his compassion that he's poured out over us. And so in that, I would like to encourage anyone that's you know struggling with 
uh, anything in their life, just submit to the Lord. Submit to the Lord. Repent and, and turn to Him. And He will make a way, even when there doesn't appear or seem to be a way. He is faithful. Any, any comments or questions? No. No. All right, well, let's pause there for this week. All right? And we'll pick it up again next week. Can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Kyla. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for being a faithful God and that you're a just God, whether we have to be disciplined, God, or you bless us, that you're a faithful God and... You uphold your word, regardless of what it is, God. We ask you to cover the listeners with your grace, God, and to intercede on their behalf and protect them, God. That you keep their minds, God. You keep them pure and holy before you. Lord, we... Intercede on their behalf of the words you spoke concerning them, God. Mm-hmm. We cast down any words that were spoken ill and contrary to what you said, God. We, call, we ask that they fall dead to the ground. And we bless them, God. Mm-hmm. And we declare what it is you spoke concerning them. We declare it finished and done, God. Thank you. We ask that you bring it to pass quickly, Lord. Mm-hmm. And... Shut the mouth of the enemy. Shut the mouth so they cannot speak against them, God, that they can't speak ill. Cause it to fall back on their own heads, God. We just bless those people, God. And we ask that you give them the peace concerning it. Cause their house to be at peace, Lord. Cause them to be at peace, God. And Lord, if they open their mouth to speak ill against what you said concerning them, God, we ask that you... Close their mouth and only allow them to bless themselves, God. To speak amen of what you said. We just thank you for keeping them, God. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. Dean, we are, we are blessed that you could be here with us again this week. We definitely enjoyed your company, the fellowship that we've had, and, and discussing the word and, and learning and growing together. So... Thank you, brother. And uh, love you all. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.